I noticed there were some people on the field and there's some people in the nosebleeds. And you gotta decide how you wanna do life. You know what I'm saying? It's really your choice. You wanna do the nosebleeds, you know what I'm saying? Or you wanna be, you know, on the, on, on the floor. Some people playing the game, some people coaching the game, some people, you know, taking picks, whatever. But you gotta decide in life, do you wanna be in the arena and where you wanna be? And I do want you to understand, it is a choice. Don't let nobody fool you. You're not a victim to your circumstance. Today's show is brought to you by Organifi. Organifi is an organic superfood supplement line that makes quality, trusted nutrition convenient and accessible. Their most popular product, the green juice, solves the problem of juicing greens on the go. We all know that we need to get those fruits and greens and vegetables and all that in our diets, guys, and here's a quick and easy way to get it. You just add water, drink, and let your body soak up the benefits. Visit Organifi.com to learn more about an exciting offer for you, our podcast listeners. That's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. I wake up every single day, I am who I say I am, and I get what I get because I live in B-Smoke. Stop being gazelle. You're not average. You're not even good. You were born to be great. What's going on, world? Welcome to another edition of the Secret to Success podcast. I'm your host, CJ, joined as always by the Bayesian sensation, Mr. Carl Wesley Phillips. What it do, y'all? What's up? And Dr. Super Bowl Thomas. What is going down? Super Bowl Thomas. Bless, man. Bless by fast. You heard you was doing the Super Bowl shuffle all week. <laughs> what you know about that? Hey, I know a little something about the 85 Bears, you know what I'm saying? Walter Payton. You know what I'm saying? I know that was your era, so you know what I mean? Since the Lions can't get you one. I know that's right. My man said, yo, you ain't go to the Super Bowl with E? I said, no, nah, first of all, uh, E only get two tickets. I said, second of all, I won't be pulling two-man rank until the Lions in it, so I don't think I'm ever going, you know what I'm saying, need to pull that card out. We're on the team by then. <laughs> No, oh, bro, I'm trying to tell you, if I own the team, we're going to win a, a Super Bowl because I'm, I actually have some decent players out there. So we shall see, man. What's going on, y'all? I missed y'all. I feel like I ain't talked to y'all in a minute, even though me and E in the same city. Still ain't seen them, uh, obviously. Oh, you live in Tennessee now. Yeah, well, it, the suburbs of Tennessee. You know what I'm saying? Right outside of Nashville. So, no, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's not like an easy commute, especially in Atlanta. It's like, yo, you could be... 30 minutes away, but really an hour and a half. So by the time I drive all the way there and got to come back and scoop the kiddos, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a process. Day. Yeah, but hey, well, I might not have to scoop the kiddos anymore, but we'll talk about that a little later. I'm ready to dive into that as well. Uh, but before we get into that, before we, we, we go to, to the news of the, how what would you call it? Day. The day? Okay, the news of the day. I thought it was a little bigger than that, maybe the week. Well, maybe it's just the news of the day. But anyway, um, man, E, you, uh, we got to get your recap, man. First of all, I mean, come on, Brady, again, uh, this, it didn't just got played out now. First of all, the boringest Super Bowl ever, um, I mean, by far. I, I, it was like, and I'm, a, and I'm a fan of defense, like shout out to all my football purists that's like, yeah, it was great D, I feel you. But come on, bro, the lowest scoring Super Bowl ever. The Rams couldn't barely get a first down. And the moment just looked too big for them. But, uh, you know, when, when the play needed to be made, you know, there was your boy. So, E, we know you had Super Bowl tickets, and you are probably the only person in the world who has Super Bowl tickets and leaves probably after the first three plays to go back to the crib. How long did you I, last hey, this time, e? Mike Nelson hit me. 
Mike Nelson was like, yo, this is the take super, um, born in Super Bowl ever, bro. Something, 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 he asked me. I took a picture of it, me in the car with the driver. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not here, Mike. I've been, I've been left, Mike. I left at halftime. Yo, it is. Let me tell y'all something. If y'all never been to a game with E, it's the most uncomfortable thing you've ever seen in your life. Because E, just the way his brain is wired, is not wired to sit down for four hours and just look at some foolishness. So E, you could tell the whole time. He's standing up. He going to the back. He done hit concessions 50 times. He on his phone. He looking around. I'm like, bruh, sit and relax and watch the game. But Let me tell yeah, you something. You should have called Jalen. I promise you now, yesterday was weirder than weird. Cause I didn't go get no concessions. I wasn't on my phone at all. I was just looking around. And Jay was like, Dad, you all right? I'm like, yeah. He was like, Dad, everything good? I was like, yeah. He was asking about five different times. You sure you all right? Like, Bro, I'm fine. I now, how did Jalen end up getting the ticket? I thought Diddy was going. Well, I did. Bro, let me tell you something. That's her firstborn. So, you know, Jalen had to look like he wanted to go to the Super Bowl. So, he was like, oh, no, I, you know. Go with your son, run with your son, get some bonding time. You know, I don't feel like being there anyway. I was like, I'm at the Super Bowl because of you. And she's like, yeah, that was on my bucket list, but it's off my bucket list now, three, four years ago. Mm. So I, don't, I don't need it. Wow. What kind of life y'all living when your wife tired of hitting the Super Bowl? Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> but hey, trust me, Jay wasn't tired of it. My wife tired of hitting uh, Applebee's. Your wife tired of the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> tell me, Carl. Man, let me tell you something. This is the first time in my life I think my son texted me this much. He was like, Dad, because I didn't go to the tailgate. I'm like, I ain't trying to be funny, bro. I love you. My son, like, we travel a lot together. I well, talk to us. But for, the, for, for those of us who've never been, what, what's the significance right, who hadn't of the experienced tailgate? it yet. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? They may not know. The tailgate is the same thing as, you know, if you went to a tailgate, you know, in the city, like, let's say, you know, you went to a Michigan State University you know, football game, you went to the tailgate. Same thing except for... Oh, no, this ain't, this ain't the same thing. With tailgate, I'm thinking of is Miller High Life and hot dogs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't think this is... They do have hot dogs. They do have hot dogs. <laughs> okay. They also have crab legs. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably the best food. And unfortunately for me, I don't, you know, eat a whole lot of that stuff here. Like, not on no vegan tip. I just really, you know, don't do a lot of that stuff. Like... You know, crawfish and all that kind of stuff. But I'm going to tell you, they bring the best chefs out. It's probably, see, the size of half the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Like, they cut the dome mm. in half, and you kind of, like, there's different stations that you go to. And it, it is. It's like the NFL experience that you went wow. to just for food. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So it is wild. I didn't go, though. I went to the one in Houston, and the one in Houston was elaborate. Great food, fellowship. Of course, you see different people. You know, corporate people in there. You might see a couple of uh, players who didn't make it to the Super Bowl, uh, which was a, which was amazing to me. Like, I think I'm the type of player that if I didn't make it to the Super Bowl, I don't think I would be here. You know, right? Mm, I always wondered that. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a lot of um, people. I saw Deshaun Watts. Like, he was walking up the street. I was like, D, what's up? You trying to be incognito? He had his, um, he had his, uh, his little hoodie on. I'm like, what's up, D? Man, Matt. Shout out, though. D was mad respectful. Of course, you know, it's my guy, but mad respectful to DD, you know, because he was trying to do his thing. He was like, how you doing? You know, whatever. So um, much shout out to him. But yeah, man, it's just, 
I mean, it, it is. I, I I would say everybody needs to get the tailgate once in their life. Everybody needs to go. If you went to the Super Bowl, the World Series, you know, whatever you went to, what was it called? Radio Row. Never seen anything like it. Uh, let's just say my bucket list is empty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've been to, I, I went to a Lions regular season game. We got smoked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's any game you go to with the Lions. <laughs> Hey, you know it's crazy? The Lions beat the Patriots this year. Go figure. Right, this year. Yeah. Wrap your head around that one. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, yeah, so no, take us, take us behind the scene, man. I saw you you hanging out with your bestie, uh, Deion Sanders, prime time. Yeah. Uh, I saw you with OBJ, uh, 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 Adrian Peterson. You know, we saw you hobnobbing. So what, what, what was it? Again, one thing I love about this podcast is that you know, Carl and I are common folks, so we can speak on behalf of the common folks that we want to know what goes on at these little Illuminati meetings. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no questions asked. Hey, I, for real though, they may, I feel people who made up the Illuminati. That's oh, an sure. easy way to justify uh, why you're not successful. You know I what I'm saying? I can't get in there. Like, uh, I can just, I'm just blaming the Illuminati, like flat out. <laughs> like, if I wanted to sell my show, I could have been with prime time too. <laughs> no, it was a um, it was a great experience, man. Before we even shout them out, man, we gotta shout the people of Atlanta out, man. I'm telling you, you know, getting off the plane, you know, to coming out of the uh, airport, man, Atlanta, man, the love is just so Wakanda. real, man. They they really, you know, what I'm saying here, yeah, Wakanda have mad respect for what uh, we put out in the world, and um, this happens quite often, but even at the game yesterday, you know, Gucci man was walking, you know how they do Gucci man walking through with the fit, you know what I'm saying? Uh, what's, what's your boy name? Uh, Mike Epps, you know, people just walking through different people have entourage or whatever. And the bro walked up to me. He was like, look, Brian, trying to be funny. Just saw Gucci man. Just saw this person. This person's like, just being real. I'm not about to walk up to them though and make them think I'm sweating them. But he was like, yo, you got me through college, you know? Mm. So just when you think about the, you know, the quality of our work and, um, you know, what we have been able to give to the world. It's just the appreciation is just so crazy, man. I um, I saw a couple coaches from Michigan State. You know, they were sitting down when I walked in the stadium, ran over to me. One lady, it was so funny. Uh, it was a, a, a older white female and her husband. She said she saw me come in. People were taking pictures of me. She's like, she mm-hmm. sent it to her daughter like, yo, who was that, ma? You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, to her daughter like, who is that? You know who this is? And she was like, Ma, you don't know who that is. <laughs> like, oh. She was like, um, you know, we listened to him. She played soccer for some university. Like, yo, we listened to him before every game and broke it down. And so when I was walking, the mom was like, yo, can I get a picture? I just talked to my daughter. The father was like, yo, you're changing lives. I'll die laughing. Like, yo, you didn't even know who I was. All right. All right. <laughs> Quick intel. You know what I'm saying? That quick, you know what I'm saying? But I was like, what are the chances that a daughter from the Ivy League school play soccer would even know who I was? You know, so mm. um, yeah, mad shout out. And the same thing with the NFL dudes. It was different. It wasn't on no like groupy stuff. They were more like, look, he listened to you in high school, listened to you in college. Some of the football players who have real lives and gone through some real life stuff. It's like, yo, E, I listen to that stuff, man. And you know what I'm saying? Um, and it's crazy because, like, you ever met a cousin that you uh, you met the cousin for the first time? You know what I'm saying? It's just like y'all been knowing each other forever. Like, the way the dudes embraced me, um, it was just like we had known each other forever. Only person joked me out was, T, uh, was TD. You know what I'm saying? He joked me out um, because, I, you know, these dudes big time. 
So I thought he had changed his number when he had, had that little incident. See, I think he got suspended for maybe two or three games or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I reached out to Cam. I was like, Cam, can you have TD call me? He's like, yo, he, you fake. I'm like, what? He's like, Damn, how you going to call Cam and ask Cam to call me when I was the one that brought you, you know, <laughs> to the Carolina. Like, Cam, that bring you there. I brought you there. I was like, but, bro, I thought you changed your number. He's like, oh, no, I ain't never changed my number. And don't don't make that. You're making excuses. Like, you could have called me. I said, I DM'd you. He was like, yeah, and I DM'd you back. And so you should have called me. So he joked me a little bit in front of everybody. But uh, other than that, everybody else was kind of like, you know, we followed you since you know, day one or whatever. So just a great experience having Jalen with me, you know, building the legacy, building the brand out, knowing that we got another generation coming behind. It's kind of remind me of uh, the movie, uh, the book of Eli, you know what I'm saying? When homegirl walked out, you know what I'm saying? Into the sunset, just having Jalen there. You know, a lot of people was like, yo, you went to Michigan state, yo, whatever. I listened to the podcast. I follow you guys. And so knowing that, you know, the next generation, you know, of ETA, is um you know up and moving man is a just a positive feeling going to all these different meetings with him not by myself you know what I'm saying it was just a uh, it was just great knowing that like this thing has another you know what I'm saying like until young kids grow up that's the next generation that you know we literally have a generation right now that's going to be able to um, you know take this thing to that next level or keep it relevant if you will. Yeah no absolutely um, any any weird experiences anything crazy. No, no, this has been not not for me. You know what I'm saying? It's always people drunk. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how it happens. Like, how you come to a game drunk? Like, you you supposed to drink beer when you get here, but I guess that's the tailgate. They get drunk before. Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, it just I just find that still to be kind of weird. You, you spent thousands of thousands. Man, them tickets is like 2000 and something dollars a piece. That's not even like on the... You know what I'm saying? That's like the uh, not lowest, lowest bone. Oh no! If I pay two thousand, I, I want I want a couple reps. You know what I'm saying? I need a couple snaps. <laughs> and you spending two thousand dollars on a ticket, you won't even know. Like you won't even remember you were there. It just that to me, that just don't make sense. Hey man, as long as you got it on Instagram, you know what I'm saying? Right. It lives forever. That's all that matters. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. No, Carl. How did you spend the Super Bowl? Uh, dude, I didn't even watch the first half. I fell asleep sitting down waiting for the doggone game and woke up the second half. Jordan was hollering at me. I was like, oh, what's up? It's like probably, what, what time? Well, it was like minutes to the second half. Probably like 8-ish, I don't know, 7.30. Yeah, you could have turned up. it on in the fourth quarter. And-, and, and But when I started watching, I watched the first couple of sequences. I'm like, yo, there's nothing happening. I heard the commentators talking about the first half. It's like a defensive game. I was like, yeah, that's cold for boring as all get out. Um, mm. But yeah, no, yes. so I just watched the second half of that. But but it wasn't, I, th- I think the key for me was once you saw, once I saw seven minutes in the fourth quarter, whatever time it was, and the ball is in Brady's hands, I was like, here we go again. Like oh, I sat no. there and I was like, yo, I wonder, what, I started looking at like, what, what would it be like if, you know, um, the Rams, when I started going on that thought and then I saw seven minutes, the ball in Brady's hands, I was like, <laughs> well, it was a good thought. Let's continue on. Six, and we'll see where he goes next. And he said he's coming back, so we'll see where he goes yeah. next. So with, I think with Brady having six now, E, of course we know Jordan got six. Yeah. I think it begs the question, who's the, the greatest athlete of all times, Tom Brady or LeBron James? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, girl? You feel me? And I he think it begs the question. right into it, too, E. <laughs> 
from the participants? That's the question of LeBron James for sure. Because, and I think that's what's so amazing about Tom Brady is that he does have any athleticism. Oh, mm. They, they mm. clocked my man yeah. 40 with a sundial. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? Which is weird because he doesn't have any athleticism. Crazy. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 it begs, you know, the asking what, what, what is it that he has? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is he capable? Mm. Like, what is his? Exactly. Right. If you're not stronger than no than anybody else, you're not fast. You're probably the weakest, like, in terms slowest. of strength. The yeah. slowest on the entire feet. It may be in the whole NFL. You're 41. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Combined with the fact that you've never been an athlete. So, yeah, no, let, let, let's talk about it a little bit. How in the world is it possible? Because, again, I think it, you know, kind of goes to the, the stuff that we teach when we talk about average skill, phenomenal will. And the reason, you know, you wrote that book was for this exact reason right here. Because, you know, from the outside looking in, man, you look at some people, you're like, okay, LeBron, Hugh 6'8", 250, like, you can't. Like, that's God-given. Now, you got to put the work in, but that's like some God-given stuff. But, again, with Brady, zero of the physical attributes that you would, you know, hope to have as an athlete, but yet still be that cold. And I saw you tweet out, winners win. What What is the what is the difference? Yeah, well, you know, I think the, the, the one thing, I was funny, I was talking to a D1 uh, quarterback um, yesterday morning. We met at 6.30 in the morning. And uh, we were just chopping it up. And he said to me, you know, E, one of the things that I have struggled with that I noticed, you know, that you do is you have a routine, you know, and it, it appears that you're very disciplined. And I was like, yeah, one of the things I realized is that if you are not a natural athlete and you don't have the ability just to turn it on and turn it off, then you need to create, you know, if you will, a winning formula through your routine. You know what I'm saying? Like you look at a, um, Curry, when you look at Curry, like you see Curry literally spending hours practicing the shot. So to me, it's like, okay, no, he may not be physically, you know, as gifted as a LeBron. He may not be physically as gifted, you know, maybe even as an MJ. But when you're putting in that many reps, we've talked about this before, you create your own muscle memory. And I don't, don't, you know, you know, guys, I didn't take a picture of it. I just kind of, glanced at it, you know, on the screen, but it said in the six wins that Tom Brady has, each one of them in the fourth quarter, you know what I'm saying? He had to make that fourth quarter drive mm-hmm. to win all six of those games, if I'm not mistaken. So, and I think, E, this one was the biggest margin. I think all the other margins was within one touchdown. Right, right. You feel me? So he had to drive down against the best, the other best team in the NFL – you know what I'm saying? The other team that is just as good as you are, he had to march down six times and win it in the fourth quarter. So, that, so, that, so there is this thing that is in accordance with his body and his mind that he has conditioned himself to understand, that, okay, it's a sense of urgency. It doesn't really matter what happened to other games. Like, we got to come down here and make this happen. So he's done it six times. So for me, one of the things that I see is that if you're not as gifted as everybody else, it's muscle memory. And whether you know it or not, you should be excited. When I know some people looking at, you know, Patriots and Tom Brady, and they're kind of like, oh, whatever. But I'm telling you, you, you have a better chance of using Tom Brady as a model. Never really played in college like that. Didn't start at Michigan. You know, wasn't, wasn't a star quarterback for Michigan. Didn't take him to the, you know, Rose Bowl. 
you know, got picked 199, 41. Yeah, I got beef with Michigan fans too because they try to uh, they try to act like, oh, Tom Brady, our guy. I remember when Tom Brady was at Michigan. They used to be like, get him out of there. I'm like, oh, now y'all the biggest Tom Brady fans in the world. They wanted Drew Henson. You know what I'm saying? That, that's exactly who they wanted. I don't know where Drew Henson is right now. So you should really look at Tom Brady, no matter who you are, and really have hope that I too can be a GOAT. You know what I'm saying? I too can be a GOAT because he's not, you know, um, like I said, he's not a LeBron. You know what I'm saying? He's not, you know, a, a Bo Jackson. He's not Deion Sanders. He's not, you know, but yet he is the GOAT. And so you too can be the GOAT uh, if you would. And again, I'm saying routine. I'm saying mentality, first of all. Let me go back to that. Let's leave the routine alone. The routine is important. But Tom Brady had a mentality that we saw in the beginning when he went to Kraft and said, look, bro, I'm just going to be honest with you. You've made the best decision of your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just, by picking me 199, you have, you have single-handedly made the best decision that you will ever make in your life. And I think that's where it starts. Uh, C said it before. It's a fine line between cocky and confident. And one of the things that I am seeing in people who are successful on that level is uh, that fine line of cocky and confident that he would go to the owner and say, like, no, bro, for real, I'm telling you, as an investment, this is a guarantee. And I think some of us are afraid to do that. You know, some of us are afraid to walk in our uh, uh, calling or your uniqueness or your get whatever it is. And you kind of like um, timid with it. I'm just so happy to be here. You know, I'm just so happy to have a chance. I'm so, you know, happy that you guys, like some of you, that's what you're on in terms of your mentality, because I think that's where you win. See, you went first in the mind before you went on the field. And some of us have a low self-esteem and we're always like, you know, on that. How did I do? Did I do a good job? Are you happy? Are you content with me? Are you satisfied? No. Brady, Brady went up to my man and was like, look, I'm just going to be 100 with you. I know you got Bledsoe, and I know he's supposed to be, you know what I'm saying, your, your, your number one hero. But I'm just letting you know that between him and anybody else you'll pick, that I am the best decision that you have ever made in your life. I'm the best recruit. I'm the best draft. And I'm about to take, and, and again, you guys are too young to understand, but the Patriots used to be the Cleveland Browns back in the day. The, not even the Detroit Lions. Well, the Detroit Lions, yeah, because they went 0-16. The Patriots (laughs) used to be garbage, bro. Like, when they came on TV, nobody would watch them. And Tom Brady took a losing franchise and turned that joker around. And let's just say Belichick might be that. He might be sweet. Well, he was with the Cleveland Browns and couldn't do jack. You feel me? So I think that's number one. Too many of you, you walk into your arena and you don't own it. You feel me? Like I told y'all, this, the shift I made a couple years ago, I walk on stage now like, yo, this is this mine. Like, ain't nobody in this earth going to take the mic the way I take the mic and do what I do. Now, that's not Let me ask you this, though, E. So, so for you, I understand, and I, forgive me for cutting you, but let me ask you this. For you, I understand. Like, for real, it is a solo sport when you grab the mic. But Tom Brady could be as great as he want to if he don't have a line or he don't have the right people around him, you know, theoretically, see, because I know he ain't always had the same people. But you know what I'm saying? Like him saying that at whatever, 20 years or however old he was then, like there's so many other factors that go into it. So I'm saying, okay, you confident, but dude, there's so many other factors. How could you look at me and say like, yo, I'm the best decision win for real? There's so many other factors that can, you know, weigh in on his success. Yeah, but I think what happens though, when you have that type of confidence, it, you, you, you infuse it in others. You, you feel me? Yo, I, I ain't want to say nothing, see, but I'm going to say it. So 
of course, you know, Van Noy is on the squad. He played with the Lions. Mm-hmm. He came over to kill it. But I saw my boy Shelton, bruh. I saw Shelton, and Shelton played for the Cleveland Browns. He on defense over there. And Shelton in there killing them. You feel me? And I'm like, yo, what happens? What happens when you come on the team and have a lot of confidence and you get on the team with Brady? Now your confidence is built. And it's just like, it's like Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Remember, Golden State went that sweet. Steph Curry, right. and, and, and to be honest, Draymond was picked, like Draymond was picked last in the second round. Right, you feel yeah. me? So, 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 so you got somebody like Steph Curry that's just bringing this energy and excitement. And I'm telling you, I, you know, this last crowd that I was in, you know, when I got down, it was people in the room that was like, yo, E, I'm first generation. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a dreamer. You know what I'm saying? Like, my parents came from so-and-so and so-and-so. And that whole thing was like, yo, bro, your energy, like, you got me pumped up. And that's what I'm realizing. When you like Brady and you come in that joke of feeling like, yo, I got this. Whereas you, if you the Rams, you probably coming in as the Rams kind of like, we barely got in this joker. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we barely made it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we didn't even make it, make it. You feel what I'm saying? So if you come in like that, bro, then yeah, of course, your confidence, you know, is kind of low. Whereas Brady come in, you coming in with Brady, you coming in feeling like, bro, bro, I got this. I can make this thing happen. So I just think confidence, that type of confidence, it spills over into other people. Well, yeah, and another thing that you had texted me, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, and you was like, yo, I want to build on what we talked about from last week when we had, of course, you know, nice guys finish last. And right. you were saying like, yo, just because you're nice doesn't mean you can't have that dog at the same time. Right. Yep. So it, it just kind of elaborate on what you, that text you sent. Yeah, well, I'm just saying what I realize, see, is that what you have to understand is if you're a nice person, when you come to a fight, you got, you know what I'm saying? It's a fight. You feel me? It is what it is. And so Brady trying to win, I'm seeing his wife on edge. I'm seeing the Rams. I'm sitting by Sioux people. I'm seeing Sioux people on edge. You know what I'm saying? Somebody family got to cry at the end. You feel mm-hmm. me? Somebody family going to have to get on the bus with the silent ministry. Somebody going to take the long flight back home, either to Boston, you know what I'm saying, or either back to L.A. Somebody, somebody going to have to be hurt. You feel me? And so it's a fight. No matter how you look at it, whether it's an individual sport, whether it's a team sport, somebody got to go back to their hotel crying. And I, and I had to realize, like, yo, E, you are in a situation where it's like them against you, you know, and it don't make them bad, but it don't. It, do, you want, do you want your wife walking back to the parking structure crying? Do you want your wife, you know what I'm saying? Do you want your wife to be pumped up, excited? Do you want your wife to be on the news the next day? You want your wife to be able to get, you know what I'm saying? Like a t-shirt that say we winning. And I had to start doing that. See, I had to start going in and saying, okay, all right, cool. It's a, it's, it, okay, yes, I'm a nice person. I'm going to shake your hand after the game. And not, yes, I'm a nice person. I'm going to hug you and tell you good game. You feel me? I'm going to tell you good game. You know what I'm saying? Like Brady went up to everybody. I was like, man, you had a phenomenal season. I, I started realizing, like, yo, I want to be that guy. I, I don't, I'm not against the other person, but I, I want my family to be able to eat. Yeah, so, so I want my wife, you know what I'm saying, to be the individual who um, gets the shirt that says we winning. I, you know, I want my kids to be able to stand up, you know, on the stage with the confetti when it's flying. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want my mm-hmm. kids to have the experience of getting on the bus and the police taking us back. You know what I'm saying? To, um, you know, the hotel and all our fans are sitting there waiting for us when we come back. And that's what I had to realize, see, is like, yo, it's unfortunate in America, 
But the way it's set up sometimes is one team got to win, one team got to lose. And no matter how you feel about um, competition, that's what it is. Somebody's mm-hmm. going to eat, somebody may not eat. Like that. It, it is what it is. So I want to be the Tom Brady that's saying, uh, hey, man, great, you had a great, to the Rams, great season. You guys should be proud of yourself. <laughs> you came a long way. You know what I'm saying? You're the youngest coach. You should feel proud about yourself being the youngest coach to ever come to Super Bowl. But I want to be Belichick. I, want, I wanted to get the six rings. I wanted to be put in the history books. I want to be the GOAT. You feel me? Like, I want to be the best that I could possibly be. And I had to realize that with the nice dude, it was like, okay, E, there's nothing wrong with being nice before the game. There's nothing being nice with the with with, with the co- uh, coin toss. There's nothing wrong with being nice at the end of the game and, and so on, showing sportsmanship. But in the game, E, it's a competition. In the game. It was funny. I ran into Gary V. And um, shout out to Gary V. He saw, you know, I don't know what was going on. I was waiting for somebody. So I was kind of like in a zone waiting and I didn't see him and he ran up on me and Gary B was like, what up, E.T.? I was like, what up, Gary? You good? And so we just started chopping it up and he was just like, yo, E, I'm so happy for you, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like you out here killing it, you doing your thing. I mean, let's keep it 100. You know, in terms of this brand, we built this brand that other people, you know what I'm saying, are mimicking, if you will. We built this brand, y'all. We built we built this hip hop um, motivational aspect brand. We, we built this. And so when I was with Gary V, you know, I ain't got nothing against Gary. Like, I'm, I was like, yo, what up, Gary? Like, Jalen, get a pick with Gary. You know what I'm saying? We got a pick. We chopped it up for a second, bro. But at the end of the day, if another motivational, like, let's just say it's only 10 spots, you know, for motivational companies, that's, that, I want to be one of the companies, bro. You feel me? Like, I don't want us to be one of the companies that's sitting there watching, going, man, I remember when we went to the Super Bowl. Like, I want to win, bro. So for those of you who are listening, yeah, let's be nice guys. But don't be a nice guy to the point where you put your family in a situation where they're not going to be able to eat or they're yeah. not going to be able to do enjoy the benefits, yeah. you know, of your labor. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, E, let me just for, you know, and I'm, I'm as you're talking, I'm like, OK, let me think about E and when he kind of hit this switch, because what I think we've alluded to in the podcast before, and I'm not 100 percent sure if we've ever fully delved into it. But one of the things that I think was uh, holding you back when when we started was you you were a pleaser, you know, and I think maybe it took away a little bit of that competitive edge. Now, listen to what I'm trying. I want to work, pick my words carefully because I don't want to just put on for the podcast. E, you were always a dog. You always had that work ethic. You always had that like, okay, go. You, you put the mic in your hands. It's on. But there did used to be this part of you where. If everybody didn't love the message, it might have hurt you a little bit. Or if we got ready to do something that, you know, I thought was in our best interest, you might have been like, ah, I don't see. I don't know how they're going to look at that. You know, I, I I probably was a little bit more of a recluse in that, you know, particular regard. And, you know, we've had discussions about it maybe privately, you know, and even trying to get to the source of why that is. You know, I grew up with a very healthy relationship with my father. So, you know, I, I was always used to, you know, being corrected and loved at the same time and, you know, I didn't really care what people think or what people thought about me because, you know, I did have my pops and my pops, you know what I'm saying? He gave me my validation. I didn't really, I didn't care what nobody else really had to say, but there was a time when, I mean, I can think of, you know, a million instances and so can you, and I'm not trying to throw you under the bus here at all because I think you've overcome that quite a bit, but there was a time in the church where, you know, everybody's opinion mattered to you or, you know, just being on the road. Like I can remember you, you know, being a pleaser, like, yo, I, I just want everybody to be happy. 
okay, this person not happy, let me run over here and do this. This person not happy, let me try to fix this. And you like constantly repairing those holes. And you were able to, in a sense, shake that. I still, I don't know if you've quite as far on, uh, on the other side as I am yet, but <laughs> talk about that process of growth for you because I think that's part of not having that full dog for some people Absolutely. is you really care Absolutely. about what people think and you yeah. don't want to offend anybody and you don't want to, you know, go after those, you know, big goals and, those, you know, those those aspirations that you have in, in fear of stepping on other people's toes or making other people uncomfortable. Am I making sense? Yeah, I just want to make no, sure. No I'm questions asked. I know exactly you got beef what you're talking it, about. You can, you can spar yeah, back, but no I just want to make asked. sure I'm painting the picture correctly. Yeah, no, 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 no questions asked, bro. So, so, so let me give you two scenarios. So one, one, I remember, and you know, TJ, TJ and, you know, Jamie, man, mad respect for how they, you know, raised their boys, man. You know, since, you know, Trey and all of them were kids, bro, mad. They come on my house. They might be the only kids I've met in my life who come to my house and clean up when they finish. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> I'm talking about yes, at three. Yes, sir. Huh? At three. Right. I'm just saying, like, they was little doing it. You feel mm-hmm. me? So I, I remember, and then, of course, Jamie, man, you know, Jamie didn't have his father in his life, so he's done a great job with Jalen. But just recently, see, and I just want to give this example because I want to make sure that the people on the line uh, are, that are listening, that they hear what I'm saying. Um, but I, I remember, um, I, you know, I've opened up, you know, my community to TJ. So uh, with the sound mind, sound body, you know, I opened up the door for TJ to speak. And because his boys are in football, they're now enjoying that environment, right? But you know, it's Detroit, bro. It's grimy. You feel me? A lot of these kids, bro, they don't come from where TJ and Jamie came from. So they just recently had, um, you know, brought in some of like the top companies that work with sports performance and whatever. So it's a baby NFL experience, which you took Trey and uh, Avery to, right? And mm-hmm. so what Trey and Jamie, like Trey, Zay, Jamie, what they did was they was letting the kids from the D, they was letting them go first, see? You know what I'm saying? They polite, bro. So like, go ahead and go first, right? So you know the kids from the D not only going first, they going seconds, they, going, they doing thirds. Like, you know, these kids, bro, some of these kids, they just don't have the best, you know, upbringing, if you will. I ain't trying to be disrespectful. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the D. But some of them just, you know, just unruly. And what ended up happening was because Trey and Jaden was so nice, they never got a turn, see? They never got mm. a turn, you know? And so what I realized, I was looking out and looking after people, see? And, and I came to understand that a lot of people in this country, the way they cut, they're not necessarily reciprocating my concern. Because it works, bro. Like, it works in a relationship where it's mutual. It works. Where it's like, yo, see, go first. And you like, oh, E, bet. Go for E, you go first. No, see, you go first. Then you go first, and then you like, E, go, please, go second. You know what I'm saying? Like, go, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, go for it, bro. You know, and unfortunately, bro, I was concerned about others, but they still, you know, grind me. They still trying to get me fired, or they still talking about me behind my back. And so I realized, like, yo, E, you putting forth all this effort to look after others and be concerned about what they think, but they don't have the same, you feel me? Like they don't have the same courtesy for you. So I was always taught, if it ain't, if if you're doing something and it ain't working, then it ain't work. Like, I don't care that you feel uncomfortable with conflict. I don't care that your swag is not, you know, to put yourself first. Like, I don't care that that's not your, like that's not what you're naturally comfortable with. At the end of the day, if you keep doing it like this, 
Not only are you going to lose, Didi going to lose. Jalen and Jada going to lose. Like, you keep this up? Bruh. And so after the first time I got burnt doing it that way, I was like, oh, it's, oh, it's a wrap. Like, it's, it's not rocket science. You feel me? Like, it's not rocket science. Everybody else playing for keeps, and I'm playing for funsies. You feel me? Like, I didn't know. See, I thought we was playing for fun until my man smacked me in my mouth. And I was like, oh, we playing for keeps. Okay, I got it. It's not that I don't know how to fight. It's not that I don't know how to, you know, to take that dog to the next level. It's not like I don't know, but I get it. So I'm looking at other speakers, you know, other corporations and how they doing it. And I'm like, oh, I see what C, I see what C on. And you play football professionally and basketball professionally. See, you know what I mean by that? Like in high school, like y'all was really doing it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you was trying to go to college so, so, and play. So you were used to that. Like I never really played because of my grades. You know what I'm saying? So I was never, I wasn't, I wasn't in that environment, if you understand what I'm saying. So now I'm saying, oh, I get it. My man trying to beat me. My man trying to feed his family. He not like, all right, we're going to split the pot. Whoever wins, it don't matter. We're going to split the pot. He like, I'm trying to eat. I'm like, yep, Didi got to eat. Jalen got to eat. Jada got to eat. And I told Jalen uh, because Didi was like, yo, Jalen needs that experience. I'm like, I get it. I, I showed Jalen when he was walking around. Look how much money being spent in Atlanta. The next time there's a Super Bowl, boy, you better be making some money. You better not be coming to no tailgate or no Super Bowl. Like, we did that once. That's cute. You did that. But how much money did you spend? He's like, I spent $12 on a, you know, chicken with the mac and cheese and the, uh, all you could drink, you know, Mountain Dew. I'm like, the next time you come, you better make $12 times whatever. You feel me? So, look, we went on, we went on the field. The day before, did the, like, pregame stuff. Look who on the field. Who's making money, son? All right, look at how much money being made for parking. The next time we do the Super Bowl next year in Miami, you, you, you better bring home a couple thousand dollars. So, so it's just a different concept. See, I'm starting to realize, like, everybody else playing for keeps, bro. And you was on that Christian, nice guy stuff. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to finish last. And they're not going to trip that you're not eating. They're not going to trip that you didn't get the experience. Like, they're not thinking about you. And it's not that they're being evil or cruel. Then I started doing business with people. See, and I'm like, yo, so-and-so making money. You ain't say, I'm the one to help you to get to it. The, and then you ain't giving me nothing. I'm like, bro, I'm not mad at you. I get it. You trying to eat and you trying to feed your family. And I was looking out for you and my family. But I see you don't have the capacity to look out for your family and my family at the same time. I got it. So, yep, we're going to play hardball from this point forth. But what I will do, like I said, with the Glenn Lundy's of the world, who not only am I in a retainer with, but also I'm doing some work with, and he cut me a check. And then also they paying to come to my events. And then they also doing a click funnel to help me get to the next level. I'm like, those kind of people, I get it. I don't have to go, I don't, I don't have to act a certain way. But 90% of the world, they are not looking after me the way they're looking out for themselves. And so now I'm realizing, see, like, yep, you, you're going to have to go from that dog to that pit bull, that dog to that rock wilder. Like, you're going to have to take it to the next level because, again, at the end of the day, there are only a few people who are talented and skilled enough to look out for themselves and look out for my family. The majority, of it, that's not happening on a regular basis. And that was the shift, see? And there's a lot of you out there, like C said, you have that dog. But for whatever reason, I think a lot of you, like me, you weren't comfortable. And can I say this? Who cares what you're comfortable with? If your family ain't eating, who cares? If you finish and last, who cares if you're comfortable with it or not? It doesn't make a difference. And so I'll be on Jalen's head a lot, see, because he'll do something for me. He'll say, hey, dad, um, did I do it right? I said, who 
Don't you ever ask me if you did it right again. Don't you ever worry about what I think. Who cares what I think? If you know you, you gave 120%, if you, if, if, you know, and you know it was effective, smell the clothes. How do they smell? Look at the clothes. Like, he washed my clothes for me. See, like, you know, he's my manager, so he's washed my clothes. So I'm like, he's like, Dad, did I do it the way? I'm like, bruh, don't you ever ask me that again. I used to do that when I was younger. How do people think about what I did? I said, don't you ever do that. Like, that's a cuss word. I'd rather for you to cuss me out than ask me my opinion, bump my opinion. Because I don't know how long I'm going to be alive, son. I want you to have your own opinion of your work. I want you to be happy with what you do. I want you to feel like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like you value it. I want you to put your best foot forward. And don't you ever worry about your wife, your kids. Like, don't you disrespect your wife. Don't you make your wife feel belittled. Like, don't you, you treat her like she the, she the queen of the world. But don't you get into this habit of worrying about what other people think about what you do. And so for those of you who are listening, you do not need nobody else's permission to be great. You don't need nobody else's permission to compete. They competing. When you get in that doggone rink with Mayweather, Mayweather ain't trying to cut you no check. Mayweather trying to get a check. Um, Brady wasn't thinking about, well, this is your guy's first time. I've already won five. <laughs> it would be great for you to win one, you know, and then I can win one the next time. No, Brady, like, I want to be the GOAT. I want to take care of my family. So I'm telling y'all, compete, compete, compete. And then when you get to a level where you're comfortable with competing, then I want you to start dominating. Yeah, I want to take it back, though. And that, that's great information and great advice, man. That, that really is. And I think it helped a lot of people. But I want to go back maybe even a step before that, before yeah. you get to yeah. that point of yeah. addressing why you were a pleaser and why you cared so much. You know what I mean? Like, we, we know why you kind of explain now why you broke out of that. But what was it in the first well, place I, well, that allowed well, yeah, you? Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think, see, anybody that knows me knows you know, that my, um, my, my superpower, if you will, is my relationships. So you don't, you don't, you don't build the type of relationships I build with people with taking advantage of people. You know what I'm saying? Or even, not even like, not, not just taking advantage, but you don't, you don't build the type of relationships if people think that you're about self. You know, most of the relationships I built, it starts off with my speaking to help you or something that I, something that I did for you. So I kind of noticed coming up, like, yo, if you, were the, if you were the guy, that's the plug. They call it the plug now. You know what I'm saying? But when I was coming up, I was the plug. You know, I was the plug for a lot of different things. So I was always the one in a relationship that would initiate the giving. So if we're in a relationship, I was probably the person that, you know, did whatever I did for you. And guess what happened? It worked. I'm the plug. I'm the person that looked out. So now you like, when, when you blow up, it's kind of like, you know, in the Bible, Joseph looked out for these two dudes. One I think was a you know, like a candlestick holder or something like that. Another dude, you know, made cakes or something like that, right? And so he looked after them, you know, gave them some insight, a plug. They both got released from jail. And as a result of the information that he gave them, they prospered. One dude forgot about him. The other dude forgot, but something came up and he remembered my man. And that's how I work. You look after somebody, they blow up, you know, like they're people I've looked out in the NFL, and now when they got in the league, they're like, yo, if you got a speaker, like, you got to get my boy E.T. I told y'all, the dude from Morgan, uh, 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 Morgan and Stanley was like, E, bro, I was, I, was, I was in some stuff. You got me out of some stuff. I want to I, I, I bless you. So that's how it's always been, see? But what, what I found out that was happening is, is almost like when Jesus healed the 10 lepers, only one of them came back, see? And I started looking at the ratio, 
and was like, yo, this ain't a good ratio. You know what I'm saying? Like, you help 10 people, only one person coming back and showing they, you know, their appreciation, it's not going to work. And as I got older, and now we out of high school, now we out of college, and we in the real world, I realized most people are going to step over you to get to where they're trying to get to. And once they get there, they might not necessarily remember you. And I'm talented enough to not ha- not to say, well, I'm gonna look out for you and I'm not gonna take a turn, I'm gonna let you take a turn. Like I'm talented enough on my own to put myself in real great positions. And so I just start realizing like, E, you are leading as if nine are gonna come back. Th- that's the way you're leading, but only one is coming back. So the way you're doing it is not working. You're blessing people and looking out for people and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's a one to nine ratio, son. You gotta quit. And so you got to stop blessing people up front, believing they're going to bless you back. Stop doing that. And now what you got to do is shift it and you got to go get what's yours. And then when you secure what's yours, then you can pass it out however you want to pass it out. So do I still look out for people? Absolutely. See, but I will tell you this. It's 50-50 now. It used to be like 80-20. I'm going to look out for everybody else and I'm, gonna, and I'm going to pray that you're going to come back and look after me. Now it's yeah, 50-50. I, I hear you, E, but let me, let me, let me, let me interject. Do you, okay, so is there, I know what you're saying and I get it, but what about you felt like you, besides just like, oh, I'm a Christian, you're supposed to look out for people, like, what was it about you internally that you didn't want somebody to be mad at you or upset with you? You know what I mean? Like, I'm looking for that, like, like th- that's something to deal with you. You know what I'm saying? That's not on them. That's not on like, oh, you didn't look out, but. Yeah, but I think for me, see, that was the, that's the that's how I'm wired. Like the I'm, the essence of who I am is relationships. Like that's the most important thing to me is relationships. So you can't build a healthy relationship like to the masses that I've done when you say I don't care what nobody else think. Mm-hmm. Well, relationships when when they are a number, like let's just say for instance, my wife own what you own, but way more than what you own. See, she got one person that calls her Val. And then she tossed it to Misha now. And so my, my wife doesn't have a lot of friends. Why? Because she does not care what other people think. Like, you don't have the Rolodex that I have. Like, you grab my phone. You don't have, it's like what you said. OBG was like, yo, E, let me, he, hey, take my number down real quick. Holler at me. Like, that kind of stuff does not happen when you're not concerned about what other people think. So I feel like I've always thought about what others think because that's my superpower. You know what I'm saying? Of oh, what does that person think? And then once I know what, once I know what the, how how they think about certain things, see, then I can use that to leverage the relationship. You feel what I'm saying? It's like, but do you think oh, there was any insecurities in you that made you go overboard with that? Well, well, I don't know. I mean, because it's so who I am that maybe my biological father not being that maybe that was what it is. But I still think today it's like so. Let's just say, for instance. I've had chance, I've had opportunities where I didn't care what the, um, the the company thought about what I said, and I went in. Guess what happened? See, they didn't bring me back. So I can't. You know what I'm saying? So it's a fine line. Yeah, I can say what I want to say when I want to say it, but if I was not to care about what the company thought, I probably would never speak again. So, I, so I think to your point, I think the reason why I'm 50-50 now, see, is because I'm not going overboard with how people think. Right. You right. feel me? But in my industry and what I do. I have to be somewhat concerned about what you think. But I, to your point, see, I think there was a time where there was a portion of it that was unhealthy, you, if you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So, so like, if somebody asked me to come and speak, 
well, of course I got to be concerned about what they think. You know what I'm saying? Because they're bringing me in. And if I'm in a relationship with 200 people, of course I got to care what you think. Because if I don't care what you think at all, then we're probably not going to have a relationship. But I do yeah, think... No, see, and, I, and, and I'm just speaking on because I think a lot of people may be where you were. And so I'm thinking about like... Oh, no question. B- back in the day when it would be like, Carl, you know, Carl, we yeah, have some like, unhealthy. I'd be like, e, you just told eight people in a row you was going to speak Monday at eight o'clock in the morning. You know right, what I'm saying? Uh, and I think, yeah. not that you was trying to be malicious, it was just like, no. yo, I don't want to tell nobody no. I don't want them yeah, to I be pissed to look at out. me, think I'm big yeah. time. Like, I'm yeah. like, E, you know we yeah. got eight speaking appointments Monday at eight o'clock, yeah. so I don't know how we yeah. plan on. And, and that's what I meant with the unhealthy, see, because I think what I was doing before, it wasn't 50-50. It was, I'm going to look out for you even if I have to make a sacrifice on me. And now it's like, and don't get it twisted, for those of you who are listening, if, you, if you're gonna be in a relationship where it's always gonna be to your advantage, you're not gonna be in relationships for long. If, if you're in a relationship where, um, you know, I call you at one o'clock in the morning, you always tell me no. It's not that I'm mad at you, but I'm gonna have to be able to have somebody that if I need a one o'clock hookup, I'm gonna be able to get that one o'clock hookup. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, it is what it is. But there is a balance. And I think to C's point, I was always looking, okay, I want to make sure this person got what they need. This person got, and I wasn't looking out for myself. So the shift for me was, yo, E, you got to put the mask on yourself first, bro. You putting it on them. And when you put it on them, if they land and they survive, they're going to go take care of their family. If you put it on you, you can take care of you, take care of your family, and then come back later and maybe look out for their family. And I think that's what I was doing wrong, C. It wasn't only the caring about what others think. It was, I was putting them first. Now, I still, bruh, people call me now. It's like, um, I told y'all, the D1 quarterback hit me up. It was like, E, man, I need to meet with you, bro. I'm in Atlanta, you in Atlanta. So I was like, bet, let's do it at 6.30 in the morning. Why? Because DD ain't up. Whereas before, see, I was like, what would he think, not what would DD think? And so mm-hmm. I would put him before DD. Now I'm saying, yo, I don't have no problems meeting with you. I really don't. Why? Because if you make it to the league, all this stuff that I'm doing for you, don't think I'm doing it just from the kindness of my heart. Like, yeah, I'm doing it from the kindness of my heart, but I just, you know, I just took a group of kids who would have never been able to go to Ohio State and take a tour through Ohio State through my boy Braxton Miller. But what happened? When Braxton messed up his shoulder, I was the one that came through and started working with Braxton in. Why? Most people ain't got nothing to do with him. Why? Because he ain't starting. So I was there for Braxton. So guess what? Braxton like, E, how many you got? 40? I got you. We'll do a tour. I'll feed them through my organization. So you got to look at, like, that's my superpower. You got to look after people. But now, as I look out for this kid before he make it to the pros, he's going to remember me. He, he, he not going to be on that, oh, he, he only fooling with me because I'm, you know, first round in the draft. No, he'll be like, he was fooling that with me when I was at that JUCO. When nobody wasn't fooling with me, he was fooling with me, right? But what I'm doing different now, see, is I'm not going to fool with you doing DD's time. I'm not going to fool with you at nine o'clock because that's normally when, you know, we have in worship. We just, you know, in the bed, chopping it up, talking to each other, watching the news. That's our time. I'm not going to give you my wife's time no more. Why? Because you weren't there for me like my wife was there for me. So now it's 630 early. Yeah. But if you want to do it and you willing to make that sacrifice, I'll see you at 630. You know what I'm saying? In the morning. And I think that's the balance. See, not I'm kamikaze and I don't care what nobody think no more. But it's like, E, you got to look after you. You got to look after Didi. You got to look at the kids. You got to look after ETA. You got to look after e- APOC. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like, I think I've, 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 I'm more mature now when it comes to prioritizing, see. You talked about D. How did that 
pleaser mentality back in the day affect like your marriage? You know what I mean? At that no, point, she was felt there she, she always felt she was second. She always felt like she was second. You know, her thing was, I ain't mad at you, but I made you first. You feel me? And at the end of the day, see, I don't want my girl, you know, who has been there for me. I don't want my girl. You know, I got a different, a unique situation. Now, I've been with Didi since I was 16. She looked after me when I was homeless. So I don't want the person that's always been there for me to feel second. My man might as well be second. He ain't about to go to the league and cash me out. You know, but everything she has done has benefited me. So I think that was another PC, just seeing Didi occasionally go like, whoa, I'm on the phone with you in the business to call you and you getting off the phone for me. I know you're making money, but still. So now it's a situation where when Jalen and Jada call me, I let the person know, look, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but my son's on the phone. Let me talk to my son. I'll call you back. Because whatever me and you got to do, you know, we could do it later. I'm sure it ain't that kind of emergency. And now my kids are like, wow, my dad put us first. You know, like anytime we got a meeting, anytime we got something to do, like he's putting us first. He's not putting us second. And I don't think Didi was about to leave me. But, bro, let me tell you something. When you put your girl first and she put you first, it's just a whole nother whatever. When you put your kids first and they put you first, it's just a different situation. I look at my relationship with my son and there was a time where Jalen was me. And Jalen was, all my boys said, you know, this said, now Jay like, yo, this is our legacy. Like, I get it. I see what my dad is doing. Like, I told y'all, he hit me yesterday, bro. Like, dad, Super Bowl, like, man, I appreciate this, bro. Because, I, like I said, I didn't go to the tailgate. You know, he was like, man, dad, like, yo, for real. I, and, I, and I felt, I felt that shift, see? I felt that shift, like, yo, I see what my dad meant. Like, everything him and my mom did is for me. So why was I worried about what my boys thought or this person thought? Not that his boys was even on no whatever. It's what you said. See, a lot of times you in your head thinking something. They not even on that. You feel me? Like, they, I could say like, bro, Denzel, man, Denzel and his brother and his father, his mother, the relationship they had, bro, it's out of this world. Relationship Gary got, it's out of this world. So I think that there are times when you in your head thinking people if you say no to them, they're going to trip. They, they ain't about to trip because you said no. They probably going to have more respect for you when you put your family first than when you, you know what I'm saying? Like, now, nah, it's something different. See, if I got a speaking engagement and you like, he talking to his wife on the phone, that ain't the time to be talking to Didi. I got an engagement. But I'm just saying on some random meetings, uh, even today, she wanted to meet with Lashana and uh, what she wanted, like, yo, I'm here. Let's meet with, the, do, do lunch with the ETA family. And she got pissed at me because somebody was like, let's meet. And she's like, we supposed to be meeting with them. And I was like, well, you ain't give me a time. Let me just put it like this. When I got off the phone with them, see, I was like, I'll meet with you at this time. Me, Didi, met with Ant and his wife. We did that yesterday. And then Jose, I was like, yo, Jose, we're going to have to shift the meeting at nine, and we're going to have to shift, shift the uh, spot. Let me tell you something. See, if I'd have done that two years ago, I'd have been hurt. Like, I'm inconveniencing them. Now I'm like, yo, if you want to meet with me, for real, like, I ain't trying to be big time. But it's free. People pay me thousands of dollars a meeting. You want to meet with me? And guess what? He wasn't tripping. He's was like, yo, E, we'll see you at so-and-so at whatever time. And brought his fiance. You feel me? So I think a lot of times you in your head thinking they're going to be mad or they're going to be upset. They ain't going to be Jack. That's, that's that you sick. You, you yeah, the one making up stuff. Is, even if they are, I don't right. give a damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you know first things first. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is what it is, man. I, I just... <laughs> I'm fiercely protective of my time, my family, and all of those things. And I think you said a key word. I'd rather hurt your feelings than hurt my wife's feelings or, right. you know, somebody in my family. Yeah. It's tough, man. And um, 
you know, I think people are just wired differently, but I have seen, you know, a, a shift in how it used to be. Cause I used to be like, man, you can't be all things to all people, bro. Like I know you want to, and I know that's how you wired, but it's really going to end up getting us jammed up. And the crazy thing about it is, you know, the, the plot twist here is that even when you try to be, you can never live up to people's expectations for you. When you start feeding somebody like that, they don't go away. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy, but people are so selfish. Like, they will take your time, and they don't care who it affects. And if you keep giving it to them, I remember I was like, man, he, you know, folk keep calling and borrowing money, and this person need that, and this person. And he said, and you said to me, well, you keep giving it to them, so why would they go away? It's like <laughs> if you got a, a, a stray uh, a dog by your house, and you leaving out, you know, a bowl of beef on the porch every night, yeah, they're going to keep coming back. And so what happens is you think that you're doing something for somebody and going above and beyond is for the moment and they're going to be pleased with you, but they're only going to be pleased with you as long as you keep doing long, it. Yeah. And I realized that real early, like, oh, okay, yeah, I had three one-on-ones with you and you pissed because I, because I told you on the fourth time I had to go you know, to lunch with my wife and not, if you are pissed, oh yeah, no, I know exactly where to put you. And so for me... I just think, man, the majority of the time, people don't care about your time. Like, people will come up and they will, yo, E, let me talk to you. And if you sat down for five hours, oh, they'll sit bro. there for five hours. You oh, know what no I'm saying? And you got to cut it. Yeah. Yeah, but I will say this, though. This is important. Somebody just heard what C said. He, he, some people are wired that way. You know what I'm saying? So C is wired that way. But listen to me. And, and I keep going back to this. And I know it's going to be sound like a broken record, but this is my 2019 revelation. Carl's wife, Tamisha, said, just because you're wired a certain way, mm. it doesn't mean you have to stay that way. Now, what it does mean is that it's go naturally, that's what you're going to be comfortable with. But what I realized, see, was, yo, God blessed me with people in my life who are not wired the way I'm wired. You know what I'm saying? And in some instances, that's a blessing. Mm -hmm. so, so, so you are wired to say no. DD is wired to say no. Chuck is wired to say no. I'm not a robot, bruh. I wasn't made like the other animals. A right. lion, if it wanted to, couldn't get on a plane and come, you know, it couldn't buy, go online, buy a ticket and move from the Serengeti to the, uh, to the safari. It can't do it. I'm a human, bruh. I wasn't, like, while I may have my, um, and even, even my natural, you know, uh, uh, preferences, like you said, see, in many regards are circumstantial. It, there are things that have happened to me because my biological father wasn't in my life. There's a, there are things that happened because my mother lied to me about who my father was. There are some things that happened to me going to a Detroit public school. There are some things that happened to me because I'm homeless. But I'm not a robot. I can reprogram myself. So I started looking at the, the, when you said no, when Didi said no, when Chuck said no. Now, I may not want to do it to the extent that a Chuck would do it or a Didi would do it. Because the way Didi is wired, she does not necessarily need 40, 50 people. There's no way you're going to win a Nobel Prize and you don't care what people think. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't work like that. So Didi would never want to change the world. Why? Because she doesn't think about the world. I think about the world. But what I was able to do when I saw you guys is say, yo, there's some mad benefits to this. You feel me? So now when people say, hey, E, I need an hour, I need 30 minutes of your time. All right, go to PayPal and pay this much. Because if you're serious, what I realize, see, is if I give you an hour of my time for free, you may do nothing with it. 
If I charge you thousands for it, you're going to do something with it. So it doesn't mean I don't ever give it away, but not to the extent that I did before. It doesn't mean that I don't ever have meetings, but it means I'm, but when Didi say, look, I'm pissed. Look, don't, I'm like, all right, I'm going to meet with you and Lashana and Tay today. Like for real, it's like, I got it. So I'm going to have to tell this person, even though we were meeting, we're not meeting now. Guess what? Guess what? See, they might get upset. They may not. Mm -hmm. Who cares? But I have to do what my wife is saying is of importance. So I'm saying to you guys that are listening, find people in your life. You, they there. I'm saying, for real, I told y'all before, they, they, the people like C and my wife, they're mutants. Only 12% of the world is born with, the, with that capacity to say, forget it. Like, it, it is what it is. But it doesn't mean you can't watch what other people are doing and say, and ask questions. Look, so the same way C asked, I asked C the question, okay, C, but what if you, all right, E, look, you got to, okay, C, but when you say that and they say this and you feel this way, what do you, all right, E, you do this. Okay, well, all right, you say, C, that I'm afraid of conflict, and I am, so you're only telling me what I know, right? But tell me, how do I walk through it? Like, this is mm -hmm. how I feel when somebody says, this is what I do when I, so then what would you suggest that I do? All right, E, next time this happened, do this. All right, C, I did what you told me to do. I still felt bad. Okay, but what was the results? Well, the results were different. Okay, well, E, don't deal with your feelings when you're doing this. Deal with facts. Oh, okay, I got it. And then after I did it 5, 10, 15 times, when I started charging at first, I started feeling bad. People would hit me. Oh, E, you on that now? I'm like, yeah, I'm on that now. But by the 10th time, that 60th person that paid me, to, to, to I'm like, okay. So then the other people that don't want to pay, they're the anomaly now. Not, not, not the, the 60 people that's paying, they showing me, we value you, E. So however much you charge, we willing to pay it. So I'm just saying, for those of you who are having a hard time still, you know what you're doing? You're going to your friends that can't say no, and you're getting advice from them. <laughs> Stop doing that. Go to the people in the world that know how to say no. Pay them, if you will. Get the coaching. Like, pay, pay, pay a CJ or, or, or Chuck. Go pay them and learn how to say no. Because the reality is the stuff that you pissed that you don't have or the lifestyle you're not living, it's actually on the other side of no. And until you learn to say no, you're never going to have that life. And you're just going to be frustrated. You're going to be angry. You're going to be pissed off. That's where the nice guys finish last came from for me, right? Because I was being nice. And there were people that I felt that were being manipulative or, you know, not concerned about others. They were making advancements that I wasn't making. And I know I'm talented enough. I know I'm doing all the right stuff. But, bro, this is a con. You, you may not want to hear it. This is a combat sport, y'all. Contact, combat, um, uh, aggressive, you know, driving, demanding. It is what it is. And if, and, if, and if you're not willing to do that, then you can't complain about the life you live in or the stuff you don't have. You, 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 you can't make it flag football. It's not. It's full contact and you can get put off on a stretcher being real they can take your butt off on a stretcher this thing is real it's not nice it's ugly and if you're not willing to go there then for real you, you you're going to live a marginalized life and you're going to always put yourself in a position where you're going to be waiting on other people to bless you so do i like it as much as other people like it no i don't but do i do i am i willing to do it so I can live the way I want to live and my wife can live the way she wants to live. Yep. I, it, I promise you, I don't like it, but I will tell you it's worth it. Hey, I am a, a, y'all know this. I'm the one quiet on this podcast because I'm, 
I'm over here writing all, all of this down, just being real. Um, I, I'm still on the other side of this, just being real. Y'all know I ain't got to pretend. Um, I'm still on the other side of this, you know, still with the, with the, we talk about the chameleon supportive tendencies and still doing more than I should. And E, what I'm hearing from, from both of y'all, what I'm hearing is, and I use this analogy, what's the, what's the movie Scrooge, the Christmas movie where you talk about yes. the ghost of Christmas future? We always talk about flashbacks, you know, I look back at, no, 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 no. The ghost of Christmas future is a flash forward. And I'm flashing forward to see if I do keep making my wife second, if I do keep making, you know, these other things a priority, what does happen in 10 years? You know what I'm saying? Because again, you could get away with it now, but repeated, 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 like that ghost of Christmas future is a real scary ghost. The past is the past, like that's gone. The present, you already, you're doing it now. But that future is scary to see the impact that it could have on your family, your kids, your business, your church, whatever, whatever is important to you or, or whatever should be more important to you. You know what I'm saying? Because, again, we're just not making the priorities, the priorities from my perspective. So, yeah, I'm over here not quiet. Yeah, and, and, more, and more so, Carl, because you don't like conflict. Yeah. And so th- that's what it really, as I'm listening to E, that's what it comes down to. And here's yeah. the crazy thing. You know, I think maybe I get a bad rap or even Didi or somebody like that, like we like conflict. It's not that we like conflict. I don't like, um, I don't, I don't like that, that, that wishy-washy. You know what I'm saying? Like people mm. are always like, yo, you a gorilla. And I just figure it's really the most honest approach because if I got a problem with you, like yo, th- this second, if, if I got a beef with, it don't matter. It could be somebody super close. Me, if me and my pops got an issue, I will hang up this phone right now and call my pops and be like, yo, what's up? Now, that might be gorilla, but in my eyes, I want to get it fixed. So I'm not necessarily a bad guy because I, I don't mind dealing with conflict. I understand it's the conflict resolution that I'm interested in. I'm not interested in the conflict. I'm interested mm-hmm. in the, re- the, the uh, resolution of the conflict. So therefore, I just approach it head on where you got somebody else. They done told eight people they got a problem with you, but still yet to hit your phone. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I just never understood that. So it's easier for you to hide behind like these feelings of like, oh man, C did me dirty. Oh, I ain't talked to C, C this, C that. Meanwhile, I'm over here living my best life. Like, wait, what? Right. Yeah. Had you just picked up the phone day one, and been like, yo, C, I thought you said A, you did B. Yo, what was up with that? I could have been like, yo, the way I understood it was B, A, C, and we could have got over this thing six weeks ago. But because you don't have that, you don't have that, you're scared of that conflict, you've been building up resentment towards me, and I don't even know what's going on. You, you know what situation I'm talking about. I could think of a situation, Carl, you were there too. I'm talking about it might have been yeah, two yeah. years, and this person was like, yo, just want to let you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for being so angry. Which I was sitting there like, what? <laughs> I was like, I, bro, I said I honestly had no clue you had any issue with me. And they were like, yeah, it was like a year ago you had did this or said that. And I was like, a year ago, and you just now saying something? And it was like, yo, for me, again, it's not that I enjoy conflict. I'm just willing to go through conflict to get to the resolution. And so. To me, that's really the most honest way to do it because you get people who have these feelings and they don't say anything and they bury them or whatever. And I understand it's uncomfortable for for people. And maybe I do need to teach a conflict resolution class. And it starts with address the problem head on. Like, let's have, Mm -hmm. if if my wife salty at me, I'm not the one who about to be like, all right, cool. We'll just let it wear down after a week and then see what's up. I'm about to be like, yo, sit down. I'm going to sit down. 
what's going on? Tell me. Let's get it fixed. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people that that I'm willing to deal with 10 minutes or an hour of uncomfortability than let uncomfortability sit on me for a month. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Oh, perfect sense. Like to me, that's the easier way because I'm ready to get it off my chest. I don't like conflict. Like if he's pissed at me, let's just say he pissed. See, you ain't doing this. You did that. Whatever. He pissed. If I know he's pissed and he knows I know he's pissed and there's this unspoken tension for two months, I'd rather call your phone and be like, yo, let's hash it out now, get it over with, it's behind us, now we can both move forward in good consciousness and not even have to worry about, you know, this foolishness. But some people, I guess they so scared of that 10 minutes, that 20 minutes, that conversation, that they'll just let it go for who knows, take it to the grave with them maybe. I'm saying I'm on that end that would hold it in longer than I need to for sure. And, that, and to me, that don't do nothing but build extra resentment. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because now you've been sitting yeah, on the stool. Yeah, but I think what you said, though, see, I think what you said, and this is important for people who are listening, I think the conflict resolution is not in addressing the conflict. is the conflict resolution. You feel me? So I yeah, think it's the same was, thing. Yeah. I think for you, you're saying as... Whatever. You feel what I'm saying? Like, that's how you see it. It removes the person, see? Like, it ain't even that we're beefing. Like, what's the, let's focus on the resolution of this issue. Mm-hmm. Like, we already got, like, me and you are worth more than whatever this is. Whatever we built to this point is worth more than whatever this issue is. So let's resolve this. You see what I'm saying? It ain't mm-hmm. even had nothing to do with, like, our relationship for real, for real. And, and you brought it to the point, see, of we're resolving this issue. It had nothing to do with your relationship with your wife. You know what I'm saying? Like, bump that. Like, let's resolve this issue because if we don't, now it could have an impact on our relationship for real, for real. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so um, so, so I think it, for me, see, though, this, this is the, and I think this is the tricky part, you know, that I had, and, and then for those of you, you know, who are listening, see, maybe, you know, we can walk it through, but I don't know that I've had a problem. Like you said, I ain't never had no problem with you because I could talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Like, so I ain't never had no problem. Like, I don't necessarily have a problem with general conflict resolution. I don't have a problem mm-hmm. talking to Didi because Didi is going to, you know, once we finish, she's going to be whatever. I think the problem that I've had is with people who have a problem with conflict resolution because with my mom, if I would go at it with my mom, my mom might stop talking to me for three or four months. Right, right. You feel what I'm saying? Like, like that was my experience growing up. So mm-hmm. when I left the crib... You know what I'm saying? And I'm doing my thing. And me and my mom got some issues. I got some issues. Like, bro, you lied to me about who my father is. And you try to act like it ain't that deep. Or it may not be that deep to you, but it's deep to me, though, because it still affects my life. It don't affect your life. So we would have our conversations, and I'd go at it with her. And then she'd go at it with me, but then she wouldn't talk to me for two or three months. So then when I got to a point where I'm talking to a Didi, you know what I'm saying? And Didi, like, all right, whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, all right, cool. But if I talk to somebody that I'm close to and then they, they don't want to talk after I talk, it's like, okay, I'm not going to say nothing because, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't want you to stop talking for the next six months to a year. So I'm not going to say nothing to you about it because there are people who, when you say something to them, they can't deal yeah, with just Yeah, but I facts. mean, what's better, living under the, a, a, a fake relationship of like, you know what I'm saying? I'm just like, saying, I don't know what's better. We can sit here and play this game like we all lovey-dovey and everybody pissed on the inside. Like, I... I don't know. It's six and one, half a dozen the other to me. I'd rather get my true feelings out. Yeah, I'm saying, I, I, I think, and I think you said it, though. I think, and what we need to get people to is a healthy space because you said it. Like, yo, me and my old dude would do whatever, and then we was right back to being whatever. 
But like, yo, it's tough. And I'm like I said, I had to get over it because you was like, E, come on, bro. You can't be your best. You can't be the best to the world if you're not, you know, being your best. But I had to psychologically go like, bro, when the closest per the closest person to your life, you know what I'm saying? Like this your mom. Mm -hmm. Imagine your mom not talking to you. Like you, you ain't talking about your girlfriend ain't talking to you. You know what I'm saying? You ain't right, saying right. your homie ain't talking to you. You saying your mom that brought you into the world is, is like avoiding you, like not, not answering your phone calls. You feel, I remember one time like, yo, I'm going to have to text my mom. I mean, email my mom. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to have to email my mom a long letter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> She's going to have to read it. And then that's how we're going to come back to this because I can't talk to her. You feel me? So for me, see, I think I had to address that. So when you talk about the affirmation, boy, I don't think it was ever... I don't know what it was, but I do know with my mom not talking to me for months at a time, that kind of, you know, played on my, how I dealt with people. You feel me? So that like, okay, I don't mind telling you the truth, but if, you, if I tell you the truth and you're going to do what my mom did three or four months and you might say, see like, yo, bro, that don't even make sense. Like, but there was times with my mom, I wouldn't say nothing to her because I'd rather the little relationship than no relationship at all. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'd rather be mm -hmm. in surface with her than her not talking to me at all because we went deep and then that meant she wasn't going to talk to me for three months. Mm. You, you, you know, you, does that make sense, C? Yeah, that's heavy. No, perfect sense, C. That's heavy. Because yeah. it, it's like you'll, yeah, you'll take what you could get. You, you got to guess, kind of guess what's the, the lesser of two evils, right? Right. Right. No, so so now I'm not playing that game no more. But I'm saying mm. there are thousands of people who are listening who are still in that space, though. That I'd mm -hmm. rather take, and then so here's what ended up happening. Your life becomes a life of, I'd rather take mediocrity than go after greatness because greatness mm -hmm. costs too much. Mm -hmm. You feel me? So, that's, mm -hmm. so, so now your whole life is on that. Your whole life is, yo, I ain't stupid. I know what it takes to be great, but I don't know if I'm willing to pay that price for it. And it's a price to pay, see? Like, yo, it's a, it's a price to pay. Even now, I'm walking through the mall. You don't walk everywhere I go now, bro. It's like, for real. I don't have no privacy like that. So at some point, somebody's feelings got to get hurt. Like, I can't say hi and take a picture with everybody on the planet. And I probably take a picture with 95.9% .9 of folks. But sometimes, bruh, I'm trying to catch a plane. Like, I went to go speak the other day, and it was like, you're supposed to be on at 1 o'clock. It's 12.55. A doggone group of people that lined up because the way they got the uh, space in San Antonio set up, they don't have a back room for me. So it's 50 mm. people lined up ready to take a picture. It's 12.55. My man just sitting there looking at me crazy. I'm like, bro, are you going to tell these people that I can't take a picture right now? <laughs> because somebody got to tell them, you know, and I can tell <laughs> he was timid. He didn't want to say nothing. So I'm saying we got two options. We can stop. I can take pictures for 30 minutes and I can go on stage and give you 30 minutes and I got to go get my flight. How you want to do it? Or you need to be on stage. Okay, well then tell these people I can't take a picture with them then. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but some got to give. And so... Even though I'm the nice guy and, yep, 95.9% of the time I do take pics, there's going to be that 3.1% yep. that and, I can't and, and do And somewhere it. inside of you, you know somebody going, oh, E.T., Hollywood. Yep. He talk all yep. this about being down yep. to earth and taking every pic and shaking every hand. And look, he just bounced up out of here, got on the jet yeah. and dipped. Yeah. So, so but, I, but like you said, to your point, see, I understand. All right, cool. You're going to say that. And I've got to factor in, you're going to say that. You know what I'm saying? I'm factoring in. You're going to say that. You're going to try to play me like I'm crazy. I get it. It's okay. You feel me? Like, whatever. You know, but, but, but now I'm going internal 
and I'm setting up on my own boundaries, my own whatever. And like you said, I'm not going as out as much. I'm going in with, with respect to others because I still don't want to disrespect people. Like I said, while I love my wife and I know my wife is looking after us and she's made sure we've had the best life we can have, there are certain benefits that, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm, I went backstage yesterday, bro. I'm going through the back route. And the police officer, like, he got the gun. He like, bro, what you doing? They like, yo, this ETD is pop preacher, bro. He good. Well, he don't have no credentials. My man said, you the only person that walked in the back of this joint without no credentials. Nobody has ever, police officer, like, bro, nobody has gotten back here without credentials. But all the security <laughs> dudes was like, yo, that's ET. So you don't get where, I'm, where I get say, telling the world no. It don't work like that. Well, that explains a lot. Now, I'm reflecting on my own life, wondering why I wasn't at the Super Bowl backstage. And I th- you know what I'm saying, girl? Uh, Here, I thought this gorilla life was paying off. And, uh, oh, it is. You know what I'm saying? Is, see? I had it to does. watch it in the one bedroom. Yeah, it, it does. But you know what Didi said that's amazing? I was with Anthony and his girl yesterday, and Ant is a gorilla. His wife is a flamingo. Didi said, she said, look, well, I love the gorilla. You know, I love being a gorilla. She said, you ain't never seen no gorilla married to another gorilla. Mm. And I was like, yeah, you're right, sweetheart. It's like, it, would, it wouldn't work. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, it's some definite benefits to it. Um, <laughs> you know, but, you know, she does what she does, looks out for the family, protects the family. I do what I do. And, you know what I'm saying, build relationships with the world, if that makes sense. But I 100%. think it's a balance. I don't think it's, well, I don't think it's, you know, either or for those of you are listening, but you do understand, need to understand that if you're going to do business and you're going to you're going to be a good decision maker, you're going you're going to have to you're going to have to deal with conflict. You cannot be a good decision maker, make decisions. You know what I'm saying? Ha- have a vision and move your family in that direction, and not be able to not not be able to have some conflict. It just come it, it just come with the territory. We could sum this whole conversation up with one sentence. Last guys finish last, okay? Yeah, <laughs> I promise you. That's it. I promise you. Last guys finish uh, last. I promise you they do. And guess what else you're going to finish last if you don't do? Order some uh, Organifi. Get All your right? Organifi. Check it out, man. They got the new Sunrise to Sunset Power Box, right? It's the green juice, right? Get your favorite superfoods in one drink. No shopping, no juicing, no blending, no cleanup. Get the red juice to go with it, a tart, sweet, Custom brew with the hottest fat melting and skin firming superfoods in the world. And of course, the gold, all right? The pain soothing herbs, antioxidants, and nutrients all in one delicious soothing golden milk. And then get the complete protein, all right? It is, uh, it's off the chain. You can get the vanilla, the chocolate, whatever. Uh, but I got the whole power box and it's great. So you go to Organifi and get the power box as well, all right? Change your life up. You're trying to get your Jamaica body right. You're trying to just get your, 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 your summer body right, period. Uh, Organifi can help you to do that. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com, promo code SUCCESS, all right? Promo code SUCCESS. Y'all been listening to the podcast. Y'all know what it is. We on Organifi Heavy. I just got a text from Didi saying we got to speed this thing along. So tell D, um, I got her. Uh, we will do, let's see. We got, oh, give me a, oh. He said he got first, your text, D. You about to wrap it yeah, up. Yeah, I got you. All right, we got, she said I got seven minutes. Okay, so I want to know about <laughs> Cardi B, though. I want, you know what I'm saying? Oh. Cardi I want to know B. about Cardi B. Back, back, backing it up. Back, back. I'm the queen's talk, <laughs> and then I'm backing it up. <laughs> yeah, bro. I was Cardi B and Bruno. Let me tell you something. For those, For those people who don't know, he left the Super Bowl, went and spoke in San Antonio. That's what he's talking about. Jumped back on the flight and hit Cardi B. So 
Yeah. It was an eventful day, but what, what did the Cardi B concert look like? Uh, now, now, my wife has something she wants to say. Uh -oh. All right. Oh, you want me to say it, Didi? Didi want me to say it. Well, give it here then. Give it here. So, so she, Didi, for real, she had a life-changing moment. I love it, too. At the Cardi B concert? Let me tell y'all something. The gorilla, All these years I've been going to church, and I should have gone to Cardi B. Oh, to you should have gone to Cardi B concert. Let me tell y'all something. The, what I love about the gorilla, they, they execute at a very high level. So they don't necessarily need a lot of... Like, Didi, like, I'm not going to no professional development. I don't need it. So what I love, though, is those few times that... Didi gets like a revelation and she needs to change. It's off the chart. No, she about to go to a whole nother level, right? So first of all, Cardi B, I, Cardi B, you know I love you. You know I love you, Cardi B. I will say this though, see, being from Motown, Cardi B is what you always say, see, about a library. But a lot of Cardi B stuff, you know, she's, she, um, what do you, how do you say it, see? Like she features on other people's stuff. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the songs she did was like, you know, 30 seconds mm -hmm. to a minute because that's mm -hmm. the whatever. So she didn't necessarily have a long, long set, if that makes sense. So she would maybe she did 10 songs, like five of them might have been 30 seconds to a minute. So just when you get into it, it's over, right? Uh, and then Cardi B, Cardi B. So she's going to talk about something. I'm going to stop y'all and get some water. I'm, th I'm thirsty. Y'all know I got asthma. I'm getting tired up here. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, now nah, Cardi B, you know Beyonce wouldn't have said, Beyonce still be up here dancing and doing her thing. Uh, but I, I love her authenticity. I love, I love it. Just, she's so down to earth, so relatable. You know, it's unbelievable, man. And if you are, again, not a super, super talented person, but you're willing to put in the work, Cardi B is an example of, you know, for real, man, where you could get. But let me tell y'all something. Bruno Mars, bruh. Bruno Mars is one of the best performances Beast. I've ever mm. seen in my life. I'm telling you now, people going to throw rocks at me, so I'm not comparing him to. Don't Michael say Jackson it. is in the league Don't of his own. Say it. MJ is in the league of his own. <laughs> Blasphemy. Okay? But whatever, the next, but, but whatever the next level is, that's Bruno Mars. Whatever that is. So, so this, see, I'm talking about he danced the entire time. Oh, Bruno a beast. Look, he's, oh, Bruno. Bruno so beast mode, guess what happened? He gave his band and dancers a break. And he was out there singing like all his old stuff, all right? But here's where he, he changed Didi's life. Here it is right now. I don't know what happened. He started crying when he sang the song. He went over, he went over his songs when he was a, um, what do you call it? He went over his songs when he like first started. He talked about you know, the, the, the person before Bruno Mars going to L.A., not having no bread, driving a Honda Accord that he said was sweet. Um, and he sang this song. Apparently, he didn't tell us what happened, but he was in tears. And in some relationship he was in, he said it was a true story, but he didn't tell us if they broke up, if that person died. He didn't say. Um, but you know the song, see, he said, it all just sounds like ooh, ooh, ooh. Mm, too young, too dumb to realize that I should have brought you flowers and held your hand. I should have gave you all my hours when I had the chance. Take you to everything or every party because I know you wanted, all you wanted to do was dance. And, and he broke down when he was singing it. And Didi's thing was like, yo, E, there are things that I take for granted when it comes to you. And I, I don't need to take you for granted. Things that I complain about, like other people wish they had the same opportunity. 
You know what I'm saying? So I should have bought you flowers and held your hand. Should have gave you all my hours when I had the chance. Take it to every party, cause all you wanted to do was dance. Now my baby's dancing, but she's dancing with another man. Oh, hold up. Yeah. No, 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 bro. Mm -hmm. You took it too far. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. You she danced with saying. another man. You got to throw hands. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, that's, I had yeah. the remix. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She danced with another yeah. man. Now I got to throw hands. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. It would have been a little yeah. less emotional. Yeah, uh, that's the gorilla, though. He, Bruno probably a chameleon. You feel me? Him and Carl. You know what I'm saying? You know what to Carl's point, though, that, that the, the, you know, the, the ghost of the future, I'm saying to Carl's point, the ghost of the future, that there it is again. Yeah. Bruno's like, yo, I didn't do it. And so now mm -hmm. somebody else doing it. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure Bruno mm -hmm. would have never thought somebody else would be doing it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? But, doing what? Yeah, but you somebody else is doing it. <laughs> doing what? Am I getting them dancing. GMGs? No, sir. Nah, uh, no, sir. I didn't say that. I'm CK not happy. let the whole podcast go without being G. We a, dancing is a, is, a dancing is a metaphor in this situation. How <laughs> <laughs> what all the kids calling it. Y'all thinking he's talking about Two steps. Uh, Let me tell you something. All right, cool. We got to go. Um, Jamaica body update. Last thing. Jamaica body update, please. Hey, I brought the pull-up bar back upstairs. See, I had it downstairs. It's back upstairs now. After the, the cold blubber months, I'm back. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay, you back. All, hey, all I'm saying, see, is now I'm at a point where you only had to ask me. You can, you can start looking at the, um, the pics and the posts, and you can see a difference. Oh, okay. Mm. So you feel like you're getting, mm. you getting you you almost there, huh? Oh no no no! I don't feel like I'm almost there, but I will tell you that my chest is a little further than my stomach now. That hadn't <laughs> I hadn't now. seen my chest in months. <laughs> I haven't been able to see my chest in months, bro. <laughs> I saw my feet the other day, so I think ah. you know what I'm saying. I wiggled ah. my toes and actually witnessed it. So yeah, no. Nah. Well, hey, that is uh, that that about sums it up. Why don't you? Uh, oh. Um, yeah, shout out to everybody in Jamaica, man. I'm excited. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Um, but yeah, why don't you uh, give us a nugget of the day so y'all can meet y'all checkout demands and whatever D got on the schedule. Y'all go over to the <laughs> to the vegan spot. Oh, no, D.D. going to, uh, what is it called? So South City Kitchen is that? Oh, South City. That's yeah. my spot. Mm. Yeah, she going with LaShawn and, you know, LaShawn and, uh, 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 and uh, they can't go to no... Oh yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, no. V game. V game. no, man, real quick, y'all. One of the things that I noticed is a Super Bowl, uh, even though it was a phenomenal experience, you know, a lot of people were was in, you know, were in the room, you know. So definitely, guys, if you're listening, you want to be in the room. But I noticed there were some people on the field and there's some people in the nosebleeds. And you gotta decide how you wanna do life. You know what I'm saying? It's really your choice. You want to do the you want to do the nosebleeds, you know what I'm saying, or you want to be you know on the, on on the floor. Some people playing the game, some people coaching the game, some people you know taking picks, whatever you know. But I'm I'm asking you, and I'm not saying nothing wrong with the nosebleeds because they was in the arena. But you gotta decide in life where where do you do you want to be in the arena and where you want to be. And I do want you to understand it is a choice. Don't let nobody fool you. You're not a victim to your circumstance. Like I told you, you're not an animal. You're not a robot. You you can make decisions, right? Whether you feel comfortable with them or not, it doesn't, like your level of comfort has nothing to do with the type of decisions you make. Like it is what it is. 
And so just ask yourself, as you go through 2019, you want to go through 2019 and the nose bleeds, or you want to go in 2019 getting the NFL experience. You feel me? Getting life's experience. So you make the choice, you make the decision, and you move accordingly. I appreciate that nugget of the day. Y'all have a fantastic week, a weekend, whenever you're listening to this, man, and we will uh, we will catch you on the other side next Thursday. Love you. See you next week. I want you to focus on here right now. Don't you worry about when you get home. You make this, you concentrate on this opportunity. You don't worry about tomorrow. You concentrate on this opportunity with all your might, with all your